0: Come awake, come awake, come and rise up from the grave. is my desire to honor you.
1: Lord, with all my
0: heart, I worship you. I worship you. Oh, I yeah. can
2: desire is to be holy, set apart for you, Lord. I choose to be holy, set apart for you, my master, ready to do your fire. My heart's one desire is to be holy. Set apart for you,
1: Lord, I choose to be I'm ready to do your will. Lord, I'm ready to do your will. Sing that by the again. Lord, I'm ready to
3: do your will. Good morning. Welcome to Preston Crest this morning. My name is Brian Pruitt. On behalf of the elders, I want to uh, let you know we are pleased that you're with us this morning. If you are visiting, we hope that you will hang around, let us have a chance to meet you, and hopefully join us for one of our Bible classes following this service and before our next service. If you would at this time, this is a reminder to check in. If you'll text that number, you can easily check in on the software and also it will give you access to our bulletin electronically. Our youth group is hopeful that you will come by the bake sale today. Uh, Bake sale is done to further the mission trip that will occur next summer. We hope that you will come by this holiday bake sale and buy some treats for your family. In the last few days, our annual Thanksgiving food and turkey uh, giveaway has occurred. Many of you participated in this. We thank you for that participation. We hope that you may have even joined uh, John Scott in, in the opportunity to give this away to needy families. My understanding is more than 200 families were served this year. We thank you, Preston Crest. Our opening scripture this morning for our worship is Psalm 34, one through three. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me, let us exalt his name together as we begin will you bow with me our father in heaven we thank you for this time when we can come together and worship and praise you and learn from your holy word i pray this morning father for many in our number who are sick who may have cancer and other very serious illnesses father we pray for their healing We pray that you would relieve the the pain and the suffering and restore them to their health. Father, I also pray for those who have recently lost family members. We pray your divine comfort for them, Father. We ask that you would give them peace and show us how we might walk alongside them during this time of loss and grief. Our Father, in this week of thanksgiving, make us mindful of all of our blessings, all that you do for each one of us on a daily basis. We are indeed thankful, Father, for the necessities of life that you provide and also for all that goes far beyond our necessities, what we need. We are so very grateful, Father, for our families, and we pray your blessings on all of those who will be traveling this week. Please keep us safe, keep our loved ones safe during our holiday travels. We are grateful, Father, for Preston Crest, for our spiritual family. Thank you for the love and concern and generosity of our church family here at Preston Crest. Thank you for the stable leadership of Preston Crest for almost 50 years. I ask your blessing of wisdom on all of us that make decisions affecting this congregation. Thank you, Father, for our ministers and our staff and all of those who labor daily to carry out the work of this congregation. Thank you for our city, for our state, and for our nation. Thank you, Father, for bringing us through the worst of the pandemic. And we thank you, Father, for vaccines and for effective treatments and for wonderful medical care. Above all, O Lord, we are thankful for Jesus and for his saving work throughout his life and death and resurrection. We thank you for your word, the Bible, that teaches us about Jesus and the hope of heaven with you for all eternity. We have so very much, Father, for which to be grateful. And we acknowledge that everything we have and are is a blessing from you. We thank you, Father, for all of this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Brian. Church, let's stand and let's worship this morning.
4: Blessed be
1: your name in a land that is plentiful, with streams of love.
4: seated, please. You guys came to praise the Lord this morning. As we enter into this time of communion now, we're going to sing a song called Here in This Place. I love this song. And it is so fitting as we enter into this time of communion. And then Jeff Duncan is going to come and lead us this morning around the bread and around the cup. Lay your burden
1: down, heavy head.
5: Good morning church! So most of you know that in 1969 man walked on the moon for the first time but another historical event happened that summer that most people don't know about. My father bought a brand new green naugahyde recliner. It was beautiful. I was five years old at the time. Probably two or three days later my six-year-old brother and I were playing in the den when I horrifyingly looked over to see him with a straight pin poking a hole into the armrest of that chair. And I'm sure the pleasure of that sharpness of that pin poking through that fake leather was so great that he decided to do it seven or eight more times. So as you can imagine, at the end of that day, well, let me back up. The six-year-old felon thought that he could cover it up with a magazine. (laughs) That night when my father got home and took that magazine off the chair, he saw the holes in the armrest. So being one of four boys, he lined us three oldest boys up by the chair. It felt like there were 50 people in there watching this. And he said, I want to know who did this. Well, the eight-year-old didn't do it because the worst thing he had ever done was brushed his teeth too long. <laughs> the six-year-old had been on the verge of jail time since the day he was born. And then there was the innocent five-year-old. Well, I knew who did it because I had watched him. So dad said, I want whoever did this to take, take a step forward. Crickets. No one budged. I look at the six-year-old and he's like, I didn't do anything. He said, I want whoever did this to take a step forward. And I think out of the corner of my eye, I saw the six-year-old nodding his head towards me like I was the one that had done it. So the ultimate request from my father was, if someone doesn't step forward, you're all getting a spanking. And that horrified me. And what felt like an hour of standing there For some reason, this five-year-old decided to take a step forward and took one for the team. I don't know what propelled me to do that. And I, years later, when we laughed about it, my dad said I didn't get very much of a spanking. um, But it was kind of to prove a point. But, no pun intended, that's kind of a childish analogy to Jesus, God said, someone's got to come forward. Someone has to take that step forward. If someone doesn't, you're all in trouble, every one of you. So what did Jesus do? He took that step forward and he took one for the team. And he did it for all of our sins to be washed away so that we could all be pure. That was the ultimate sacrifice of his body. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for sacrificing your son to die for us so that we could all be made clean. There is not a greater sacrifice in this world. Let us remember that as we take this bread that uh, he didn't have to do it. He didn't have to do it, but he did so that we could all one day be with you in heaven. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
4: I
2: survey the
5: some of you know that a few weeks ago, my nephew passed away from a brain tumor. And I love at his celebration of life, I, this was a kid who um, was non-stop. I mean, he never, he couldn't watch TV because he had to be doing something. He, as I said, after, after he passed, I said, he crammed 60 years into 31 years. Um, he had been having a Bible study with he just started a random Bible study with this 80 year old woman and a 55 year old guy a few years ago and, and he spoke at the celebration of his life. And I love the way he put it. He said that Casey was sucking the marrow out of life. And I like to think that Jesus, who we sometimes portray as a solemn guy who lived in solitude lurking in the shadows just popping out every now and then to do something. I don't think that's the way Jesus was. I think Jesus was sucking the marrow out of life. And he crammed 60 years into 33. He was teaching, he was preaching, he was healing, he was counseling. I don't think he just sat idly by. And I love the the idea that he was busying his life so that when his life ended and he shed his blood that we would be the ones that benefited from all the work that he had done. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for sending Jesus who sucked the marrow out of life, who spent his life in preparation for his death, his death for us. And we thank you for that sacrifice he made. And we thank you for the resurrection that gives us the ability to be with you in heaven someday. Forgive us for the sins that we commit and help us to live as Christ-like as we possibly can. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
6: give this morning. We've got a collection box in the foyer clearly labeled. We've got our website. You can give there. You can give through church teams. Uh, We're just so grateful for the generosity of this church. We often talk about ministries going on, one that is small but is important. In fact, I kind of had trouble imagining this place without it, even though it's relatively new, is the prayer quilt ministry. We are a praying church. Our elders gather every Monday night to pray. Remember them. Turn in your prayer requests to them. But occasionally, we have just a really desperate situation that we just want to cover people in prayer and in fact kind of literally with these quilts that's what we do we ask you to go tie a knot and say a prayer and hopefully more than one prayer uh, we got a couple out there today one is for Fernando Batista who is a co- uh, Jack Hodge Jr. has a coworker. it's his son he's a young man paralyzed in a pool accident. So we want to be praying for him. Uh, go out there and tie a knot on that quilt. And then, of course, our sweet Debbie McCoy, who is dealing with pancreatic cancer. We want to pray for her. And uh, she has a quilt out there as well. So let's pray over these folks in this ministry. God, we are honored and humbled that you care. you call us into your kingdom to care for one another. We ask your blessings of healing, comfort, and hope over Fernando and over Debbie. We ask God that you will bless all those among us or who are connected with us who are struggling right now. We pray for your powerful, mighty right arm to be active in whatever situation they're dealing with. I'm thankful, God, for this ministry, the prayer quilt ministry, and so many others like it that help us show compassion for people. We ask these things
4: in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yeah, church, lots of moving parts today. Prayer quilt going on over here in this side of the foyer. In the middle, we are adopting out families for our Share the Joy Christmas Toy event. And so if you are wanting to adopt families, I've got a few folders available for you. Most of them are going to be put online this week, so you can adopt them online. That went so well last year that we decided to do most of those online. So you'll get an email from the office when those are ready to adopt, and you can just go to the website and select how many kids, how many families you want to adopt. Classes, Bible classes, Feel free to adopt families that 's a, a good way to kind of knock out some of these four, five, and six kid families uh, is uh, take that on with your with your Bible class but uh, once again i 've got some uh, in the in the folders there in the middle of the foyer. And then make your way on over to the bake sale, as has been mentioned earlier. This year, the youth group is going to Guatemala, and so that's going to be a big crew, and they need all the help they can get. So uh, please make sure to to stop at those three stations in the foyer uh, after we are completed in in this time. Before we dismiss our kids to Children's Church, I want to ask George and Joyce Akpabli to stand. They're our guests this morning. Let's welcome them, church. George and Joyce are both friends of Preston Crest from Benin, Africa, and they are, George is the director of French Africa Christian Education, FACE, right? FACE, that's what that is. And uh, George also worked with Hilton Terry, a very uh, well-known friend of this church uh, when he was in Ghana and uh, and on the Ivory Coast. So we are glad to have George and Joyce. George said make sure you introduce my drill sergeant, Joyce. And I said, George, I'm not going to call her your drill sergeant. I love that. I love that. Church, let's all stand. We're going to send kids on up to Children's Church, and we'll sing uh, one more, and then Gordon's going to come share with us. Let the king of my heart be the mountains where I rise.
1: of my heart be the shadow
6: Good morning once again. Y'all sound great today. Um, Let me just, uh, I mean, we got a lot of announcements. I'm sorry. I apologize, but this is kind of important. So in two weeks, we've got PC 101, which is the coffee and conversation for people that want to be members here. I talked to some visitors today. They're already planning to be there. So that's December the 5th, right after this service, right after first service, just across the hallway, we will meet and you'll have an opportunity to just join the conversation and uh, join what God is doing here at Preston Crest, if that's something that God puts on your heart. Let's get right into the text this morning from Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. Jesus prayed this, Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Would you read that with me? Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. That is a prayer by Jesus, one that he gave us, to pray, right? There's a story uh, I came across, and it is uh, based on a letter that one neighbor put in the mailbox and mailed to another neighbor. And the letter says this, Dear Mark, we've been neighbors for six tumultuous years. When you borrowed my tiller, you returned it in pieces. When I was sick, you blasted rap music. When your dog went to the bathroom all over my yard, you laughed. I could go on, but I am certainly not one to hold grudges. So I am penning this letter to tell you kindly that your house is on fire. Cordially, Susan, this is a hard thing to pray that Jesus puts before us because we struggle with bitterness. We struggle to forgive at times. We hold on to grudges at times as well. And I just want to hit, before we dig in this morning, I want to hit just like three interesting, I think, side notes from this particular verse, verse 12. The first side note has to do with the Greek word there for uh, either sins, trespasses, or debts, depending on the translation you are using. It's a filimata. Literally, it's a financial debt. A filimata is literally something like you would owe the bank, a mortgage or something like that. Now, we know Jesus. We we can be sure he's not talking about uh, finance here. He's talking about moral debt. He's talking about sin. He's talking about when someone falls short. Otherwise, Jesus would be saying literally, uh, we owe God money, which I guess you could say, yeah, we owe him everything. But that would be a really weird thing to drop in the middle of the Lord's Prayer. Hey, you owe God a few bucks. Uh, So he's not talking about financial debts. Uh, And also, right after the Lord's Prayer, and we'll read this in a bit, we can clearly see he's talking about when someone offends you. When someone does something against you, that's right after the Lord's Prayer. And finally, when Luke records the Lord's Prayer, he uses a different word. He doesn't say ophilimata. He says hamartia, which is sin. Forgive us our sin. And so often it is translated sin or trespasses instead of debt just to make it more clear. Uh, I really doubt that most of you care too much about what I just pointed out. Uh, I don't even really think it's that important. Uh, we know what Jesus is talking about. When I read that, you knew he's saying forgive others freely because God has forgiven you freely. Um, so, debt, a filimata, can be translated as sins or trespasses. Now... Maybe that first interesting side note uh, didn't live up to being interesting. Maybe maybe I didn't come through on that promise. Um, my apologies. The second one, I think, will get more into that interesting category, which is this is the only line in this prayer that appears to be conditional. It appears to have some strings attached. Uh, forgive us, God, as we... Have forgiven, forgive us as we have forgiven. Um, Like I said, this prayer is simple, but it's it's not easy, is it? Uh, So I have to tell you, you can't really. I think as a preacher, as a Bible teacher, you can't come to this and teach or preach away the hardness. I can't weave a story this morning that makes this easy to pray, easy to do. Um, But what what we'll talk about in a bit is God has given us more than enough resources to be a forgiving people. So the second interesting side note is there's some conditionality here. There's some conditionality. Uh, This is the only part of the prayer, as we forgive, uh, that has this condition attached. And so I ask God To release me from my moral, spiritual debts to the extent that I'm willing to release others from their debts to me. Okay. Now, for the curious, uh, I think even more curious than the first two of the three side notes, Jesus prayed, remember the words here, He prayed, forgive us. He didn't pray, forgive them, forgive us our sins. And I would file that phrase under things in the Bible that make you say, huh? It's kind of weird. I think you probably caught the weirdness there. Jesus prayed, quote, forgive us, even though he never, not even once, needed forgiveness from any person or from God. Jesus was sinless. Jesus was perfect. I don't think that is a controversial claim. If you want to jot down some Bible references, you could put 1 Peter 2.22 or 2 Corinthians 5.21. If you're going through one of our classes here at Preston Crest that's, that's using that material that uh, William Mitchell provided for us on Hebrews, you might remember from the book of Hebrews in chapter 5, or rather 4, verse 15, uh, the author of Hebrews says, Jesus was, quote, without sin. Didn't need to be forgiven for anything. So he prayed in this prayer, as we've talked about already, he prayed, give us this day our daily bread. Jesus, like us, needed to eat, needed food to sustain his physical body. Jesus prayed as well, deliver us From temptation, we'll get to that next week. Jesus dealt with temptation, book of Hebrews as well. He dealt with temptation, just like you and I, he just didn't sin. And I love this. I love that he included himself in this prayer for forgiveness. Nothing inconsistent there, nothing contradictory there. Just when he prays, forgive us, we know that his balance sheet over here has nothing to be forgiven. He didn't need it. But he's always trying to identify with us, and he does that very well in this prayer because he knows that every single one of us, every human in the history of the world, with the exception of him, needs to be forgiven. So here's our reality. Of all the relationships that we have, or I'll just say of all the relationships that I have, Uh, With the exception of this one, the relationship I have with Jesus, every other relationship is going to require forgiveness because the only option I have in terms of people I'm going to befriend, people I'm going to work with, people I'm going to worship with, the person I'm going to marry, the only option is I'm going to marry a flawed person, a broken person. Someone who's made some mistakes and and they're marrying a flawed person as well. They're befriending a flawed person as well. So in all of our relationships, we know that we will need some grace, mercy, and forgiveness flowing both directions, right? Here's what Jesus said a couple of verses later. Matthew 6, 14 and 15. Jesus said, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. If you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Again, he kind of makes this clear. We need to be doing this if we're going to be children of God, if we're going to be his disciples. Uh, so here's what we're after today. May we pray this prayer. And find freedom from the prison of unforgiveness. May we pray this prayer. May we mean it. And may we live by his gracious providence and resources. May we live into this prayer. Like if you are living with a... uh, You're chained to a boat anchor of bitterness. (laughs) You're chained to unforgiveness. And you're dragging that around and you are emotionally and spiritually wearing yourself out, let go of that and step into the life that Jesus is calling you to live in. Step into that freedom and that grace. So I would ask you something. Don't answer out loud. Answer in your heart today because this is pretty personal. Is there somebody that you need to forgive? Is there somebody in your family And perhaps this is good looking forward to Thanksgiving week as we gather with a lot of people that maybe we don't see all that often. Is there somebody that you need to stop holding a grudge against, that you need to forgive, you need to release, you need to move on? Again, our reality, I'm broken, I'm sinful, and so are you. We live among people who need forgiveness and grace, and we can either offer that Or we can live in the prison of unforgiveness. And if I only forgive people, right? If I only forgive people who deserve to be forgiven, then I am not forgiving the way God forgave me, right? I'm not forgiving the way Jesus forgives me. So forgiveness is, there's a lot of different definitions out there. I like this one. Forgiveness is surrendering my right to hurt you. It is cutting the chains of bitterness and resentment that imprison my heart. Okay, So it's making a decision to move on without holding on. It means that I give people around me a fresh start by declining to hold on to that Record of Wrongs, 1 Corinthians 13, to that list of offenses that they've committed against me. Again, simple, tough, not easy. And maybe this will help. Purely hypothetical. Suppose I drove up to Barbara's house in Garland, Texas, and she comes running out of the house and she says, Gordon, what have you done? And I'm like, what? And she says, You ran over my dog. You killed my dog. Biscuit is dead. And I respond I oh I'm so sorry. I didn't see him. I was so excited. I had I just won the lottery and I was so excited I wasn't really paying attention to my surroundings. And she says, I don't care. You're still a dog killer. I say, Barb, there's really nothing I can do. I I can't bring him back. Can you please, please forgive me? No, that's something I can't do. You're a heartless human being. I can never forgive that. And let's say that I come back with this. Again, I'm sorry. I can't undo anything. But as I said, I just won the lotto. So here, I'm going to Venmo you $50,000. Her phone buzzes. She sees that deposit into her bank account and she says, you are forgiven. (laughs) Thank you so much. I will not hold that against you any further. And so I say to Barb, while we're on the subject, do you find it hard to forgive people? Is that something that you struggle with? And she says, well, yeah, I do from time to time. Like my neighbor the other day put his trash in my dumpster. And I'm kind of holding a grudge about that. So I pull out my phone, beep, 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 $30,000. And she's like, wow, I forgive him. (laughs) Is there anything else? Well, yes, she says, my husband, Jerry. Sorry, Jerry. All hypothetical. But she said, Jerry, the other day did something that I can't get over, something that really hurt me. I get my phone, bop, bop, bop. Here's $100,000. Jerry is forgiven, she announces. I'm going to send another 300000 just so any, any unforgiveness that's out there, you're just going to forgive. Will you do that? She says, absolutely. I am now the most forgiving person in the world. Well, here's the situation. Jesus <laughs> Jesus did more than this for us. He did more than pay 50000 or a million dollars to unlock forgiveness in our hearts. Right? He paid a lot more than that. The only begotten of God shed his blood on the cross so that we could be forgiven. And clearly, Matthew 6, we could be forgiving. That we could live in this abundance. I like the way Brendan Manning talks about this. He wrote, the summons to live as forgiven and forgiving children is radically inclusive. It is addressed not only to the wife whose husband forgot their wedding anniversary, but also to the parents whose child was slaughtered by a drunken driver, to the victims of slanderous accusations, to the poor living in filthy boxes who see the rich drive by, in a Mercedes, the demands for forgiveness are so daunting that they seem humanly impossible. The exigencies of forgiveness, the requirements, the demands, the exigencies of forgiveness are simply beyond the capacity, I love this phrase, of ungraced human will. Our reckless confidence in a source, capital S, greater than ourselves, can empower us to forgive the wounds inflicted by others. In boundary moments such as these, there is only one place to go, Calvary. Watch, we stay there for a long time and we watch as Abba's only begotten dies utterly alone in bloody disgrace. We watch as he breathes forgiveness on his torturers at the moment of their greatest cruelty. On that lonely hill outside the city wall of old Jerusalem, you will experience the healing power of the dying Lord. That is where our capacity to forgive as believers, that's where it is sourced. That's where we find what we need to do it. And depending on how you were hurt, and how much you were hurt. It may be more or less easy to pull this off. I suspect Jesus wouldn't have even bothered (laughs) to include this in the Lord's prayer if he knew it was easy and natural for us. He he believes this is something (laughs) prayer-worthy, something we need to be on our knees before the Father about. And so as we call out for God's help, to remember that we need to forgive. We ask him, God, through your power, cut the chains that bind us to bitterness. We need the power of your amazing grace. There's an expression, it's kind of a funny expression when you translate it from Portuguese to English. The Brazilians use this expression a lot. It is desculpa- Qualquer coisa, often when they are leaving someone else's home or exiting a business meeting or they're about to get on a plane and they're leaving people behind, they're going somewhere far off, they will say, Desculpa Qualquer Coisa, which literally means forgive whatever thing. Forgive whatever thing. Like, I'm unaware of anything that I have said or done to hurt or offend, but it's very possible that I did. You know me. I'm flawed. Disculpa, qualquer coisa. And I think that's what I want to say at the end of every day. Lord, disculpa, qualquer coisa. I mean, I've fallen short today. I've disappointed you. Some of those things I'm aware of, probably many of those things, I'm blissfully ignorant of. But forgive whatever thing. And help me to be a forgiving person. And this is where we need to live. This is a kingdom principle that is non-negotiable. The Apostle Paul wrote to his friends in Colossae that we must live bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. There's a couple that has been near and dear to me and Isla for a long, long time, you know, couple friends that we've had for decades now. And we walked with them about 25 years ago when one of them had an affair And their marriage was in, as you might imagine, a very critical situation. I remember sitting at a restaurant with the husband who had been cheated on, and he was so hurt and so angry. He's just a person of peace. But he said, Gordon, I just feel like I want to grab a gun and go over and shoot that guy. But through God's grace, through the power of the Spirit, They worked through it. They found forgiveness. They're still together 25 years later. They're doing great. I remember a couple of godly friends of mine who got into a disagreement. I don't remember what it was about. I just remembered it seemed really, really petty to me at the time, but boy, they got into it. And that disagreement turned into a war, and that disagreement turned into complete separation. But they decided to forgive each other. Long story condensed. They decided to reach this place of grace and extend that to each other and move on. And I've told you before, I'm sure, about my dear friend who when she was a girl, she was abused by her father. And that went on for quite some time. He never asked for forgiveness. He has never to this day acknowledged any wrongdoing on his part. But she came to Christ in her early 20s and by the incomparable power of Christ, she was able to release him and forgive him and she was able to turn loose of bitterness. She told me once, I like this, she said, after I became a disciple, I realized that I had only two options, forgiveness or live as a prisoner of the past. I chose the former. I chose to forgive. So there are all sorts of of offenses that we suffer, and yes, that we perpetrate on each other. And it's easy to forgive or easier to forgive when it's a small thing. We know that. And generally, it is a small thing. Generally, it doesn't take these kinds of massive resources to forgive someone. In fact, oftentimes, we don't even have to decide to forgive. We simply overlook it and move on. And this is what Proverbs encourages us to do when possible. Proverbs 19:11 Good sense <laughs> good sense makes one slow to anger and it is his glory to overlook an offense overlook an offense that according to scripture is a glorious thing when there is something that you can simply move on from without needing to call attention to it is your glory the Word of God declares if you just don't bring it up and move on. Other times, we've been talking about those times where it's a little bit harder or a lot harder and we need intentionality. We have to make a decision to forgive and move on. Clara Barton, the founder of the Red Cross in America, I like this story. She was reminded one time of a horrible thing that someone had done to her, but she acted as if she had never heard that that act had ever happened. And so a friend of hers turned to her and said, Clara, don't you remember that? And she looked at her friend and said, no, I distinctly remember forgetting it. She had made her choice. She would not dwell in the past. She chose not to hang on to that. So there's something intentional. There's something in the choosing when it comes to forgiveness. Forgiveness is a decision. And then finishing out this morning, just one practical thing A tip, I guess, that has helped me over the years. I don't remember where I got it, so whoever came up with it, great job. Um, Here goes. It is easier to act your way into feeling than to feel your way into acting. And I can just say through my life, I have found that to be true. It is easier to know what's right and do it and let the feelings follow somewhere behind rather than waiting on the feelings to take the lead. Because of God's love, we can choose to act in a peaceful, merciful, forgiving way even when our feelings aren't playing along. And that's a great place to start. So let's conclude this morning by speaking this prayer aloud together. Let's put that up there, Matthew 6, 9 to 13. Stand with me and let's pray this together. We'll start at the prayer. Our Father in heaven... Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. If you need prayers this morning, I'll be down here. Brian will be down here. We'd love to pray over you or just pray with somebody around you. Maybe this morning it's time to cross that line and put your faith in Christ and say yes to Jesus as your Lord and Savior and put Him on in baptism. Let's respond as we worship together.
1: Let the King of my heart be the where I run. The found-
3: We conclude this morning let's uh, read our take-home verse together from Colossians 3 and verse th- uh, 13 if one has a complaint against another forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you so you also must forgive please join us in a Bible class following our worship God bless you